I'm Pam Evanson. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. All right, Pam. So I've been thinking a lot about the coaching that we do and the time that we spend with our clients, right? And so we spend all this time on mindset and helping people create and implement a mindset practice, right? We spend all this time on talking to them about the psychology of questions and the power of asking meaningful questions about slowing down and the value of curiosity and how trust is truly built through benevolence and curiosity and empathy and not as much competency as people think, right? We talk about all this stuff all the time. All right, so let's talk about where it all comes together. Let's talk about why and how people make decisions. From your standpoint, can you share with um, the listeners kind of how you go about helping your clients get really good at understanding how their prospects make decisions? Absolutely. So for those of you that know me, you know the decision-making process is something I can lose hours on reading, watching videos, listening to podcasts about how people make decisions. But Dan, to your point, there's one fundamental rule that kind of stands true. We don't make decisions based on facts alone. We make decisions based on how those facts impact us as a human being or an organization and the risks we associate with making that decision. So when it comes to our coaching, I think probably one of the most relevant things we do is to teach our clients how to have a conversation that aligns with where their prospect is in that decision-making process. And that there are certain areas of the decision-making process like impact and risk that we have to become facilitators, facilitators of a dialogue so that we can learn all right, what is this prospect associating the pros and cons with making a change like this? What are the hurdles, the risk that may get in their way from actually realizing this decision? And Dan, I feel like that's, that's the piece. If we could really get our clients to practice that component of when do I enter in the questioning, I, I move from questioning and learning and curiosity to now facilitating that conversation that allows them to articulate pros and cons and hurdles because they're going to be different. I have to learn as the sales professional, what I'm hearing are these impacts? Is this risk? What do I challenge based on I know what they want to accomplish? All of that is encompassed in what we call our, our, our deal dissections. And so when we're breaking down opportunities with our sales professionals, with our clients, to me, the most fundamental piece here is understanding where they are in the decision-making process. And then how does our role need to change? And what do we need to do to help them move towards that gain conviction stage if they're able to? 
And so when we do dissect these opportunities, that's where I like to spend a majority of my time in my groups is understanding not only where are they, but how do we help them move through? How do we help them realize, is this a decision? Is this a change they're going to be able to make or not? Right. So that's kind of how I see this playing out. So I got an interesting question for you that you have not been prepped. You joined me 10 years ago. Walk me through, walk the audience through. You're willing to explore fact to impact to conviction. Can you think back on that? Because that was no small decision on your part. You were already somewhere doing exceptionally well. It wasn't like you had to make a move to do anything different. So this, this was a very unique decision for you. So you, you became willing to explore. How did that happen? My father always said, never, never shut down any conversation. Always be open. Always be open to any conversation that comes your way. So true to that, Dan, when our mutual friend said, I think the two of you should get together, you speak very similarly regarding sales. You both have kind of similar experiences. And I think you'd be interested to understand what this gentleman, Dan Lappin, is doing within his business. My initial thought was, why? I'm not going to be leaving what I'm doing. But okay, back to what dad used to say. Why would I ever not have a conversation with another human being? So I did. I was willing to explore. I'm, I'm fine learning. I'm not telling you that I'm prioritizing any type of change right now, but I'm okay to sit down and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. So then you were trying to then collect facts. What were the facts that you were trying to understand or the ones that stood out the most to you, good or bad, when we talked? So I think in terms of collecting facts, I was just trying to understand what it is that you do and how what I like and what motivates me, how that would fit into this or not fit into this. But all the while also knowing to your point, Dan, this isn't something I have to do. This isn't something I have to do. So I think just being open to learning what it is you do and how you do it, then it started to like say, okay, there's a lot of what this man is doing within his company that is interesting to me. And to your point, Dan, willing to explore, now we go to comprehend fact. There's enough interest that I think I want to go on and really dig deeper into whether or not this is a change that could be that could be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And so that first meeting we had, you probably remember, it was just an hour and you just educated me, learned a bit more about what I had been doing. And I think that's the point too, where with decision-making, you're not, you weren't trying to get me anywhere. You were just giving me kind of an overview. You were learning a little bit about me. And then it was like, okay, is there anything intriguing here that's going to want that that's going to allow me to go a little bit deeper, maybe vet this out even more. And there was, there was enough there that I said, you know what? I do want to go a bit deeper and start to understand what the impact could be to me if I actually decided to do something like this. And so if you recall, we were in, we were in a restaurant. What was that restaurant? 
um, Cooper's Hawk. Was it Cooper's Hawk? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that was our impact. That was our impact. And I think you, you did a good job. And what I really liked is I'm like, see, this is, this is what I like. I didn't feel like you were trying to convince me of my pros. You did a really good job of in our first two conversations, gathering enough information on both sides to be able to sit down and say, all right, let's stop, start to talk about the pros and the cons of this. And I think Dan, what I really started to do is, is verbalize with you that list and to our listeners, that demonstrated to me that you were more concerned about making sure this decision was right for me than trying to persuade me of something that I should be convinced of myself. So to me, the whole experience that I went through with you mm. is exactly what we're trying to do with our clients and their opportunities with prospects. Allow me create a safe space where you're not going to try to talk me out of my pros or talk me out of my cons, but really understand them, the impact to me. And so those pros were, I get to do something that I love, love, love to do, which is help people realize their potential. You know, we both loved selling, Dan. And I think if you had ever told me that I would stop selling, I would have told you no, no chance. But you helped me to kind of understand and challenge me that I get a lot more gratification from helping other people achieve levels of success than I even do myself. That was my top pro, my top pro. The cons that I associated with making this decision, the cons were definitely, I'm starting over. Dan made it extremely clear that the employee mindset shift that I had developed needed to, to move to that entrepreneurial. I'm going back to acting as if I'm a brand new, like, employee of a brand new company, starting my own business. This Monday through Friday mentality that I had developed has to go out the window. The earned vacations and holidays, like those were the cons to me. Was I actually going to be able to put myself in a position where it was okay if I had to go back to grinding it out at a level at 42 years old that I hadn't been doing? That was my massive con. I remember we talked about the downside. I remember we, we talked about what would happen if it didn't work out. What would you do? We talked about, are you ready to take a few steps back, to take a few steps forward? And we walked through what that would look and feel like. It wasn't just, hey, are you prepared to take a few steps back before you move forward? It was, let's talk this through. What's that going to feel like? What's that experience going to be like? Are you going to be okay with that experience? We kind of slow played it in a way. We didn't take anything for granted. And I, and, and I remember that vividly. I've had a couple clients recently who, kudos to them for recognizing this, but they got mad at themselves recently because they didn't slow play something. Something seemed so obvious to them that they could solve or fix, or they were the right choice, they allowed their learning process to speed up. They skipped some of their learning process. And because of that, they didn't get the deal. And when they reflect back, it was a time where they would normally slow play that impact type exploratory conversation, and they did not. 
And I do remember at that restaurant, that was actually like a two hour lunch. And we went, we went really slow through what was this experience going to be like for you? How's it going to play out either way? And what I liked, Dan, you did such a good job of, you know, my, there's two sides to every coin. We've talked about the pros, but there are cons to doing this and we need to talk through them so many times when we're still in that sales mindset, you have this, this, this voice that goes through your head. Don't bring up something that, that might not actually be true. Why would you put anything on the table that no, no, there are cons associated with every decision change. I am debating. Don't run from those. Help me figure those things out. And that's what I really liked about that conversation is we did slow play it and we were very particular. What are the pros and what are the cons? Whether or not you decide to open up the door and allow me to talk about the cons I associate with this decision, I'm still going to do it with or without you. That was, that's the key. It's the, the prospect or client, they're, they're going to think through risk and gain on their own no matter what, whether you ask the question or not, they're going to be thinking it and that's how they're going to come to their own conclusion. So why wouldn't you ask it? Exactly. You need to hear the cons. Yes. And you're not going to put a con into my head. If you can think it, you know, I will at some point think it as well. So I think that's the other thing we shy away from. I'm not going to put anything in Pam's head that she wouldn't have thought of. That's bull. I will think about it at some point in time. It will cross my mind. If it's crossing yours, it's going to cross mine. You, you know, it's, it's, it's so, so true. And the other thing about cons is this, most of the time they always include the biases that the decision maker has as they go to make this decision. And so if you think about it, you have to ask for what are the downsides what do you risk? Because the decision maker is going to think through them, but their biases will be included. And at least you'll get to hear them. And maybe through questions, you can help that prospect become a little bit more objective about the risks, a little bit more objective about the downside. Exactly. And you stand no chance of that, though, if you don't ask the questions to begin with. Not at all. And you don't help maybe keep me a little bit more objective in that pros and cons exercise because I'm human. I'm not going to be objective when it comes to myself. I need somebody to help me with that conversation. A couple of my clients call it conversion and I get it They're I don't mind the word at all. Actually, they're trying to determine what relationships from a prospect standpoint could convert to a client, right? It makes sense. You know what I mean? When I say convert, I do. I like to think of it as, do we feel that they have the ability to make this decision? Is this a decision they want to make? And are we the ones they want to do it with? Right? So like just taking the high intent language versus the low intent. Can we convert this versus are we somebody that they could potentially choose? So, you know, and I look at it a little bit different too, and I think everybody's got a little bit of their own flavor on it. I look at it, is this something that this prospect should spend more time on? And is this something I should spend time on with them? 
But when you think about the power of this impact that you and I have been talking about, right? So I was doing a, we'll call it a conversation dissection or a deal dissection recently with a client. Um, he is in the real estate business. Kudos to him. He had opened up the door and he was in the process of building a relationship with this firm. The firm, the owner, is thinking about selling and selling the property that the business is on. And we started talking about the facts and the impact of that from a real estate standpoint, from a commercial real estate standpoint. And long and the short, you know, it, there's no secret. There's a hundred different real estate brokers who can handle that transaction, right? They could do all the research. They can make all the promises. They can talk about how great their process is, how strong their network is, how they would market it, all that stuff, right? We got that. So we talked about, so what is the impact of this sale though? If the owner decides to sell, what's the impact? And that's where it got really interesting because they hadn't had that discussion yet. We went through it and there were three or four really cool questions that my client came up with. Number one was, if you sell this property, what is the impact on the business and on the employees? Let's walk through that, pros and cons, right? If you sell, okay, what is the impact on this 20, 25 year legacy that you've been building? What is this final impact on that? Pros and cons. If you sell and you will make X or somewhere between X and Y, what does that do for you? Where do you go from here? Does that open up different doors? What will you do as you move forward? And so those three questions, and to my client's credit, right, they were, they were on it. That, that's the conversation that needs to happen. It's not, hey, you know, we've just handled 10 very similar transactions to this in this metropolitan area and we were able to get our clients 30% over market value. No. Now, that's table stakes in, in many arenas. You know, this is all, all about what is the impact on these key things in this owner's life that will be obviously impacted by the sale of the business slash or sale of the property. And I just, I wanted to share that because I think that was such a prime, prime example of what you and I are talking about, which is, yeah, fact, 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 got it, 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 right? All right, but where is, where is the meat of this? The meat will come down to the perceived risk and gain, pro or con, of how th this will impact this person, the employees, the legacy moving forward once or if a transaction is had. Well, and, and Dan, I think the other important thing, you know, impact pros and cons, 
once I've determined those pros outweigh the cons, now we go to hurdles. There are going to be hurdles that I'm going to have to overcome in order to now realize this decision. You Again, back at Cooper's Hawk. All right, so we agree this is worth doing. Absolutely. I am convicted around the fact that the pros outweigh the cons. Okay, so let's talk about what has to happen for you to actually do this. You have to go have a very hard conversation with Glaziers. And let's start anticipating their reaction to this conversation. Because they're not just going to say, okay, well, good luck. Good luck to you. So the other piece is once we've identified those pros and cons, now there are hurdles that I'm going to have to overcome in order to actually realize this decision. Conversations, budget, a board that may not agree with it, like you name it, hurdles exist in every decision as well. So there's that extra step of you've helped me determine those pros outweigh the cons, but now there are hurdles that I have to overcome. And am I prepared for those? Do I know? And I love how you helped me think through, let's anticipate. Let's anticipate what's going to happen. And it's funny, I, I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube on hurdles as part of the decision-making process. The more time we have to anticipate and think through those hurdles, the more apt we will be to move through them. If, if somebody doesn't help us realize the hurdles that are going to exist as we try to make this change, they'll stop me dead in my tracks, dead in my tracks. So I like the fact that you sat me down and said, okay, this is worth doing. Awesome. But there's going to have to be things that happen in order for you to do this. What are they? And how big of a hurdle is it going to be? And so that piece too is critical. I had to have some pretty tough conversations. You helped me anticipate what the reactions would be. And am I prepared for those reactions? Have I thought through Okay, what's going to happen when they come back at you? So I think it's important, too, for our listeners to understand once we help them identify, okay, the pros do outweigh the cons. Well, now we go to hurdles. Now we go to what are the hurdles that have to be overcome to actually realize this decision? So two, like two steps. On, on the hurdles, there's two things I want to hit on here. Um, the first one I'll hit on now. The second one, I, I think that the prospects perception of how change will flow or change will proceed is a huge hurdle, but we'll get to that in a minute. The other thing I want to talk about first though, is this idea of hurdles. And so remember for our listeners, hurdles are their perceptions. Those perceptions might be right based on past experiences they may not be. They may be more based on bias, like loss aversion bias, right? Human nature is we will filter decision-making through a loss aversion bias, which is what if this doesn't go right? What if I get it wrong? What if it falls flat, right? It's that what if component that we all use at some point to make a decision for change. Are we objective when we try to make a decision through loss aversion? The answer is no, we're not. How do you help someone through it? Questions. That's the key I wanted to hit on here, Pam, when you mentioned hurdles. You cannot tell somebody it's going to be A, B, or C, or the experience is going to be vanilla 
or whatever. You have to ask questions and you have to allow them to think through it themselves. Now, the cool part of that is as they think through it themselves, they're actually creating a potential new thinking pathway in their brain that is separate from the loss aversion pathway that they're hardwired to follow. We all do it. Think about decisions that we all make and it comes time for the hurdles. If we're left to our own devices, loss aversion will be in play. We will think through things under that filter of, well, what if this happens? What if I screw it up? What if I look silly? What if it doesn't work out? But if someone is there objectively asking us questions, it causes a different thought process. That thought process is, is a new pathway. And that pathway is, has a lot more objectivity in it. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180.